0: Welcome to Mental Millennials with your host, Shelby Friesen.
1: Today, guys, I've got Jesse Van Dock, and he was, well, kind of got in touch through a couple of my previous guests, through Finn, and then um, who was kind of referred through my editor. So, kind of like gone through the chain of people. Um, And Jesse has now been, you've been sober for 20 months. Correct. And that's awesome. So, congratulations (laughs) on that. and I've heard a little bit about your um, business and then you just showed me a little trailer for a project you're working on um, and a, a little documentary. So I'm really curious to kind of get to hear, we'll get into kind of like your past with addiction and other things and see how this is all like evolved um, into what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, and from that, I think I'm really curious to hear about the, your experience when you were eight years old and see like how that kind of tied into um the addiction and how it went from there
0: yeah so i um come from a really good family actually my my parents are still together um uh, brother and sister, and um you know my dad worked hard, and just from my young age i guess i um I acted up quite a bit mm mm-hmm. And um, I had, uh, had some sexual assault happen when I was younger. I'm um, not in the sense that, you know, like I was actually assaulted in a physical way, but, um, you know, sexual abuse nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a babysitter that read me a book about, you know, like lovemaking at the age of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up getting caught. And I lived in a town of 200 people messing around with a girl my age.
1: Mm. And
0: they were like, you know, like the stuff that he was doing. Like, how does he know? They, they assumed that my parents had been raping me. Mm -hmm. so they called the protective services on on my parents i had to go to um, psychology like a psychologist at the age of four you know pretty much proving that my parents hadn't sexually abused me Mm -hmm. um and um and for the longest time, I just kind of thought that that was something that happened and I dealt with it. And, and, you know, my life just kept going in this way where I was acting out, you know, I was not really allowed to have a lot of friends because of the way that I acted. Um, I was still being, you know, um, sexual with girls too and getting caught and having to go to psychology. And it led to a, like a lot of um, isolation mm-hmm. for myself, um, which led to me, you know, trying to, to hang out with older people. Um, which again led to more sexual abuse from from older men and uh, which eventually led into some drug use. Um, you know, I think when I was 12, was the first time that I drank. I had a friend and his mom was um, a drug addict as well and she would buy us beer. And mm. you like literally she would buy us a two for a beer just to, you know, let us go have fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the age of twelve, that's not very good. Right? <laughs> no, no. So, you know, I started drinking then and then, you know, was hanging out with some some other kids that are, you know, from the other side of town, you know, and, and um, you know, just wanted to have friends. So, mm-hmm. you know, started smoking weed. Um, and, and yeah, you could just see this progression over my life of, you know, like, oh, well, we became my identity. You know, that's how I was cool. You know, I was a stoner guy. I'm the guy Mm -hmm. that provided people with weed. And that's how I thought that I was liked, you know, I wasn't like for being me. I was like for the things that I could do. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then, yeah, that just led into, you know, hanging out with drug dealers and then I hadn't, crack and cocaine and, and it just kind of escalated over and over again to the point where I was like on math. And I just had had enough. I was thinking about 20 years old and my life had gone to crap. And I said, okay, I want to get out of this. And I met a girl and now I'm, I'm putting my, my, you know, like I'm putting my value on women now. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, and I, I got clean. I got clean by myself for a good five years. You know, I didn't do anything for three years and I stopped smoking pot, smokes, booze, everything. And then I, I introduced marijuana and, and alcohol back into my life. But in a normal way, you know, I would use maybe once or twice a month, you know, go out mm. and get drunk with your friends, you know, and it I had it quite under control. Uh, and then as that relationship fell apart, you know, everything kind of fell apart. I started drinking even more. And then I was starting to do, you know, like ecstasy with people. And, and then, uh, yeah, we ended up breaking up um i ended up going back to my hometown my hometown's campbell river on the island okay it's kind of a rough little town yep <laughs> you know like there's a lot of drugs there a lot of alcohol and like just you know like violence too like uh, i was a scrapper my whole life like that was just part of life you know mm-hmm. drinking and driving scrapping girl like it was a rough tough town mm-hmm. and uh i met a girl that i'd known since high school she was a cokehead. got back into the coke into the crack and then I got in a car crash, which led to a heroin addiction, and and as soon as that started, it was yeah, it was it gets hold of you pretty pretty mm-hmm. bad. You know, I tried to kick it. I don't know how many times. You know, like I couldn't probably count right now. It, it, I would I would go to camp and I would quit and I'd come back and I you know just over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, tried um, going to Sunshine Coast um, Recovery Center or uh, therapy in uh, in uh, Powell River. Only lasted, I think, three weeks. I left. And, yeah, it just kind of progressed to that. Um, And and then I met my son's mom. And we had a son. And I was like, all right, I can do this, right? Like, I do this for my son, right? And I Mm -hmm. got clean. And I got clean for quite a while. I didn't use anything. And then the same thing happened, you know? I I wasn't working on myself. I just thought, oh, I'm clean. I'm sober. That's all I need to do. Mm -hmm. But not doing the work. So, you know, the relationship started falling apart. I started drinking again. And then she took my son and then when that happened i just i went off the deep end i ended up uh in recovery in in vancouver it's the first time i heard of recovery which is kind of like sober living okay so you're going to live with a bunch of other recovering addicts you know you go to meetings and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they give you like these work projects that you have to do to help you you know be a better person like the 12 steps and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and yeah lasts about 35 days uh after 35 days i ended up going with a buddy downtown vancouver to go help him retrieve something from an ex-girlfriend's house. We end up in East Van, like on the right down in the east side. I didn't realize where we were going. Mm-hmm. He just said, let's go to Vancouver. Yeah. I was fine for a bit, and then he ended up taking off. And I'm trying to walk back to the Sky Train and my brain starts going, and it's like, hey, man, there's drugs right there. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, come on, just a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, okay. And I ended up using, and it lasted for about two, three days. I was in full psychosis. I would uh, inject hero or um, cocaine into my veins, mm. which is not a very wise idea. You you it messes you up pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um and then I got to the point where I thought I was being filmed in a TV show after walking in on a film in downtown and and I thought they had directed me to to a um, to a transformer um or sorry, a substation. And it's right by the Georgia viaduct there. Mm-hmm. There's a big substation there, and I ended up getting up over an inside of it. And um Cop came and told me to get out of there. And I, I was up on this big structure. And I guess it didn't look. And I jumped. And I landed on a 230,000-volt transformer. And I blew myself up. The transformer luckily blew. And it didn't electrocute me to the point of death. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I burned to 25% of my body. So my whole upper torso is covered in burns. And um, yeah, you think that would stop me from using <laughs> drugs. But no, I was like literally shooting cocaine in my hospital bed about two months later. Um, you know, and I still have my son kind of in my life, you know, I was able to see him mm-hmm. and after, you know, still using, um, she ended up taking him and said, that's it. You can't see him at all. And, uh, yeah, I went, I went really deep into the darkness and I hit the streets. I, I had a job, you know, I just walked away from it. I walked away from my place and now mm-hmm. literally chose to be homeless. Um, and you know, lasted there for about four months. Hated it, and just I just hate being on the streets. You know the people, the you know the thievery, the lying. Just it's mm-hmm. a bad, bad place. Got into um, into uh, what's called Pacifica, another treatment center. Again, only lasted about two weeks. Um, got kicked out, and then ended up in another psychosis, and that's where I found God. Uh, God came into my life. Um, and I ended up at a place called UGM on East Hastings, which is a a recovery place slash shelter. Okay. And they got me into a place in Abbotsford called, uh, Joshua house and it's a Christian recovery. And I showed up there and at that point, like, um, I had just accepted Jesus into my heart and I was just starting to learn all this stuff. And uh, and I did really good. I went full Christian. I went like you know, like su- super extreme, right? Yeah. Like, I was going to church. I was doing all the work. Like i I can like I got scripture on my neck. Like I know scripture now, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the Bible, and uh, it just still like I had I had issues with it. And and again again I met I met a girl, and and then I I ended up with her, and things fell apart, and I ended up back on drugs and back on the street. Another four months goes by. And then last April, April 1st, I was like, that's it. I'm done. And, and this time something needed to change. So I started really doing a lot more work. Um, I got into more spirituality than religion. Mm-hmm. Um, reading a lot of more books. Um, and I started microdosing. Um, and I'd used psychedelics uh, most of my life. At a very young age, I tried mushrooms. You know, I lived in Queen Charlotte's and, you know, those they just grow wild up there, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then when I was sixteen, we used to do LSD every weekend because you know for ten dollars you can have a great night instead of <laughs> you know you know buy twenty dollars worth of booze, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know we don't wake go with a hangover, uh, so so I always knew about them and I knew that they had that positive, loving sense that they they definitely helped you, but I never really used them with an intent of of a healing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and this kind of started going onto my radar. So I got a job in camp. I was working up north, and I'd bring in you know, like an ounce of mushrooms with me. And I would just intuitively microdose. I wouldn't wait. I would just like snap a piece off. You know, it looks big enough. Yeah. You know, some days I'm like, whoa. Yeah. some days I'm like, okay, that's nice, right? <laughs> and uh, and it worked, you know. I was I was listening to spiritual teachers, you know, like, like I said, Ram Dass, Sai Guru, mm-hmm. uh, Moji, all these guys that are like really help you connect to yourself, mm-hmm. right? It's like quieting the chatter upstairs, and and that really helped, you know. And like I said, I started reading a lot more. I never used to read, you know. Like an Archie comic was what I used to read, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, like scrolling through like, you know, stories on Facebook. But I never actually read a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first book I wrote was actually about Osho. And it was called The Book of Love. And like it blew my mind what this guy had to say about it. I'm like, that's kind of how I feel with a lot of this stuff. And I never really was able to like have somebody feel the same way and kind of put it into his like elegant words with like all this like, you know, like long spiritual history of it as well too, mm-hmm. right? And the Hinduism of how a lot of it works, right? So I got even deeper and deeper into that. And I did a couple of flood doses. And and one of the flood doses actually takes me back to where I was talking about with the the trauma that I had mm-hmm. and, uh, with the sexual abuse as a kid. And that was, I was in a town of like 100, 200 people in a remote town on the coast, like way up north coast, just a little bit down from kittimat You can't get there. You can't drive there. You got to get boat or plane, right? Mm-hmm. And after that happened, I, and I went back there and I, and I thought about it. And I'm like, man, like, I didn't really have any friends, you know, like, I think after that incident happened, because everybody knew, obviously, right? It's a town, so small, everybody talks. Yeah. And, and I don't think I was a lot to hang out with a lot of these kids, because mm-hmm. I just don't remember, I remember only being having, having one family that I was being friends with
1: mm-hmm.
0: for quite a while. So I probably had all this negative energy put on to me from these parents and these kids, you know, talking behind my back. And as a kid, you're quite sensitive to these kind of energies. And it probably, it damaged me, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of trauma because I'm just this innocent little kid. I didn't ask for that to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And it did, you know, like, yeah, my actions cause causes, but like it was somebody else's actions that caused that. Well, we look at that, like cause and effect. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, So I was able to look at, okay, well, that caused that. Well, now I don't have any friends, so now I'm acting out. I'm acting out because I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to be involved, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't happening, so I would act out more, and that caused my behavior. And then as we moved to different places my behavior continued even though that wasn't the situation anymore Mm -hmm. i wasn't able to control myself because i was already in that programming right so that's what stopped me from having the friends, and that's what led to you know like me acting out and then doing drugs to try and fit in Mm -hmm. Um, and it all like that's the root right there yeah and then it's just a domino effect right Mm -hmm. so yeah (laughs) um
1: man that's yeah that's a lot but it's Yeah, that's, it's, um, man, yeah, it's crazy to hear like the different kind of stages and how many times you can actually just keep going back. Um, but it also, it's awesome how you've like realized that it does go all the way back to the root and that you've like, you know, brought that awareness to like these things that are happening. Um, when you said there about moving, Cause you like, we kind of friendless and then started moving, but you keep doing the same thing. Yeah. Did you guys move because of that situation?
0: Uh, well, I don't
1: like, again, I don't really you know, don't know for sure. Okay. Um,
0: I'm pretty sure it wasn't though. Like it's, it's like a small town, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, um, um, my dad had an opportunity to go and work in, in Campbell river, um you know a little bit bigger and we knew campbell river my dad grew up there a little bit right so it's a familiar town the camp or the um the logging place he was going to go work and my my grandpa actually ran it when he was a kid Mm -hmm. um but yeah my dad just kind of moved around always trying to better the family right because he was the only one that worked most of my life so it was like i think it was a opportunity maybe for more money Mm -hmm. is what it was you know and and you know there, we didn't own the house either, right? Like they gave you the house. Mm-hmm. You were invited to this town. it was owned by Elcan like the aluminum foil, and it was actually they they hauled out a mountain to create a hydroelectric dam, and that was just the people who lived there helped to run that dam mm. and that was pretty much it um so yeah he he moved down and went back into logging. And, uh, and then, yeah, we bought a house, you know, and, you know, my dad was just trying to, you know, further, further the progress of the family type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my dad worked in the camp a lot when I was a kid, which, you know, didn't help because now I don't have that father figure around that authoritative figure. And I, I, I ran that house like, and not in a good way, you know, like I was very mischievous, you know, like Mm -hmm. I acted out, I did whatever I want. Um, you know, I, I learned at a very young age how to manipulate my parents by, you know, saying and doing things that aren't you know kosher you know like Mm -hmm. um and and it caused a lot of issues right so um yeah I was like literally the poster child for you know the troubled troubled youth type thing yeah yeah I'm the guy that pulled a shotgun on my babysitter when I was eight years old because she locked me in my room for misbehaving (laughs) yeah you know like yeah that (laughs) that kind of stuff right so yeah yeah, it was it was it was nonstop. like I can go on and on about all the horrible things that I did right Mm mm-hmm but uh, you know, my parents did the best they can when they, with what they had, and they did a beautiful job. In you know, all honesty, because my mom is like one of the most loving, caring people that I know. And, you know, like even when I talked bad about myself, she wouldn't let me, you know, it was like if I said something bad, I was like, all right, now you got to say five nice things about you. Same with my brother or sister if we talk to each other like that. Mm-hmm. So she instilled that into us. That, that's come through in my my older years, right? You know, you don't see it back then. You're just like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, stay my mom, right? Yeah. But yeah, she really taught me like unconditional love. Both my parents did, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, um, yeah, they, they raised me right. You know, it was hard for them. And, you know, they did things that I obviously would have rather not have had done. But, you know, like, you know, it was also the 80s, 90s, right? So mm-hmm. things were a little bit different back then, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and then I had to move to Port. So from, Cam- from Camano to Campbell River, Campbell River to Port Hardy, Port Hardy to Queen Charlotte, and then back to Campbell River for my youth. Mm. And so I moved around. Every time I moved, I was able to reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. and and that's what I said like I would you know I moved to Port Hardy and I started hanging out with the bad kids mm-hmm. and and then drugs and alcohol became part of it and then when I moved to Queen Charlotte's I just remember sitting there like what are you like doing for fun and I was like smoking pot and like, well, what else? I'm like, I don't know, smoking pot. Like, that's all I could say. Like, yeah, what a loser! Right? <laughs> like, there were so many other things I loved to do. Like, I loved going to hikes and biking and like kayaking and all these things. But all I could say like, to be cool was smoking pot, right? Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to look like this geeky kid because that's kind of who I was when I was a kid, too. It was like, I was in Boy Scouts till I was like 12 years old, I got made fun of that for mm-hmm. that. Right. Like I succumbed to the peer pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I was, I drew a forest war I was in like cadets and I love nature. You know, I love, like I can survive in nature now mm-hmm. because of it. But all these other kids are like, Oh yeah, we're like watching MTV and stuff. I'm like, I'm gonna go build a fort in the, you yeah, know, yeah. In the woods guys. Like let's go cut some trees down, <laughs> you know, let's go biking. Let's build some jumps. Right. And that was me. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, and yeah, I didn't really fit into a lot of these other cool kids and I wanted to be a cool kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of kids do. They want to have friends. They want to feel connected. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I definitely, definitely so, didn't have that.
1: And so that's where you started to find that would have been with, um, using alcohol and drugs. yeah right because
0: yeah. yeah you drink and then people think you're hilarious and i became that wild crazy guy mm-hmm. i was that guy you know the guy that does, tries to do backflip off the roof or something like that you mm-hmm. know like oh i'm gonna drive my bike and go over the truck in the mood you know like i was the crazy guy you know mm-hmm. like i'm the guy that you know broke almost broke his collarbone you know doing a catwalk into a chain link fence and like you know things like that right? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it was yeah whatever extreme things i could do to make people be like whoa look at jesse that's what i would do
1: and and at that time like in this earlier stages you didn't see it as like a bad thing no that you were doing it so when did you start to realize that it was like an issue (sighs) I still have issues with it, you know, like,
0: like I definitely like, it's my ego is what it is. Mm -hmm. My ego likes to be seen. Right. So, um, and I was not a very good person. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I was always a good person. I do a lot of bad things Mm -hmm. most of my life. I was very selfish, Mm self-serving. Um, and like, I had, obviously I still had a heart and that did shine through sometimes, but a lot of the stuff that I would lie like crazy, man, I didn't Mm -hmm. care. Like whatever it was to get my way. I would do didn't matter what was left in the wake and it causes all these problems. Right. So if you lie, it does catch up to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it did catch up to me, you know, um, you know, I did have a career as a chef. Um, I was a chef for 23 years. I started Mm. when I was 14 years old in Queen Charlotte's and I did quite well at that. Like, that's the one thing that I did really, really well at. Um, but again, being a chef, as high high substance use right like we we drink like crazy like mm-hmm. there's points in my life where i would drink like a two six at work you know and still be fully functioning and then go out and drink after that you know mm-hmm. like hardcore alcoholic um, but the alcohol was never like a super huge issue. It was more like a like this like oh summer I drink more. You know
1: like a yeah. lot of people
0: right like you call it almost like normal alcoholism. Yeah, you know it's not extreme alcoholism where it's like my my life wasn't in damaged in a sense like I'm not losing my job. I'm not losing my place. You know relationships definitely were affected by alcohol for me mm-hmm. because yeah I, I would go extreme. You know I'm like I'm I'm the guy that was just like oh I can drink more than everybody. You know like I'm so proud of the fact that I could out drink most of the like you know people in the world. I'm like I can out drink an Irish guy, an English guy, you know, like yeah, yeah. You know, I'm always like, oh, I just can't wait to meet a Russian. I want to see if I can out drink them with vodka. you know, like things yeah. like, like what kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's not good to brag, right? No. You know, that's just full ego right there. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I didn't really learn it. Like obviously, you know about ego, but to like actually understand it is another thing. And I've only just like in the last twenty months have like discovered myself, found. The, the right modalities to kind of deal with your ego and like connecting yourself to your center, to your heart, to your spirit, to your soul, to, to, you know, like to just the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like being able to see people for who they actually are, not for what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's through the spiritual teachings, uh, of a lot of these gurus that I follow. Um, and then the books that I read, um, and then a lot of plant medicine journeys, right? So, mm-hmm. um, like uh, when I when I got sober after I did a couple of those flood doses to solidify my sobriety, I wanted to do a boga, and a boga be been on my radar for about four years. My son's mom actually brought it to me, and there's a, a constituent or sorry, an alkaloid in there called. Ibelgain. And that's like the main alkaloid in there that brings you to that place where you can travel and, and connect to your soul and stuff like that. But they use it for heroin addicts. Mm. And and you can taper down off the heroin, you go onto something like morphine like that, that's a little more controlled, and you get down to a level, and then they give you ibelgain, and it actually pushes all of the opiates out of your opiate receptors. Mm. Making it so that you don't have like days or weeks of withdrawal. You have it all in one night. It's quite extreme, Mm -hmm. but it's done in a night. Yeah. But also not only that, but you connect to your soul. So your soul's like, This is why you're using Mm. this is why you know, there's this. This is the disconnect. Like, this is where the trauma was. This is what happens, and you love on that, and you connect to that in a different way, and you see it for what it was instead of it controlling you, right? And you release mm-hmm. it out of your body because we hold trauma in our body too. So you purge, and that comes out of your body, and you you're releasing it. You become more into your homeostasis, right? Mm-hmm. Like your natural state, which is a beautiful thing because then things start working a little bit better, right? Mm-hmm. Your your thought patterns are better, and 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 you just yeah, man, life gets beautiful. And, uh, I was blessed to be able to be in a documentary about it, mm-hmm. um, with five other, uh, participants. Um, and, and it was, yeah, it was just a magical time. We spent eight days in Costa Rica with, uh, some beautiful providers. Um, and, and yeah, they brought us to, uh, they brought us to a very beautiful place with this medicine, you know, and they did it with the thing called the bawidi tradition. And bawidi is kind of a way of life in, um, like the central Africa um, in, in a couple different countries, there's Gabon, uh, Cameroon, and the Congo, mm-hmm. uh, but mainly can, uh, Gabon. And then it's, it's like that medicine there is so sacred that you can't actually take it out of Gabon. It's it's a sacrament. Mm-hmm. And these people were trained by a tenth generation Bwiti guy that came to Costa Rica, and trained them in the ways of of their people, right? Mm-hmm. And you know they go to Africa. They do initiations where you take a boga for four days and you dance and they play music, you know, and you connect. And, and it's pretty intense, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my teacher, Gary Cook, is, is a beautiful human. Uh, he's um, agreed to mentor me now um, for, for becoming a provider myself, too, because after everything that I've gone through, I'm able to have this like beautiful perspective and empathy with these people, especially addicts that are struggling mm-hmm. and and through my struggles I can now help people through theirs mm-hmm. and uh I just think it'll be amazing to be able to work with a boga me and a boga now have a beautiful relationship you know like I took my I took my micro dust this morning <laughs> and uh you know it helps me connect to myself and it and it um yeah, it just makes me see things um you know like in a, in a more of an ego assisted life than than an egocentric life right mm-hmm. and it's, it's just beautiful beautiful medicine <laughs>
1: Um, with that, with that stuff, like, how did you get into like the documentary and that opportunity? Like, cause it's kind of, um, you know, like I know a lot of people that will go on these plant medicine, um, retreats or go do an eight day thing but how did that become integrated with the documentary and like how did mm. that all come up and you and you be the one to to go there and experience yeah, that
0: it's funny cuz it's all part of my path when i look at it right like you see it and you're like oh yeah, okay right <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what happened is the dose documentary came out i don't know if you've seen that no so dose is a documentary filmed here in vancouver about one girl one girl that has struggled with with addiction with heroin and they start by giving her micro doses with mushrooms and then they give her a couple of flood doses with mushrooms. What's a flood dose? Um, So like a flood dose is like a larger dose. Okay. right? So a macro dose. Yeah. Right? So, um, and you know, like, yeah, she gets some benefit out of it, but like mushrooms are very beneficial. But, you know, for someone that's got deep, deep trauma, sometimes you need a little bit more or like super high doses. Excuse me especially with somebody that's trained properly and they didn't really have anyone that was trained properly. They're just like these film documentary guys mm-hmm. They're like, oh yeah, you know, we think this will help you and you should try it. And, and she wanted to, and it wasn't quite doing, you know, she's going back and forth and oh yeah, it's going better. Oh, and then you go, back. and that's what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's part of the path, right? Like I tell a lot of people, like if you're going to get sober, relapse and, and slips and all these things are part of recovery because you do that and you hopefully learn every time that happens, mm-hmm. right? You usually don't get it on the first. And I think it's like, 1% of people get it on the first time, right? The typical amount of times it takes a heroin addict to get sober is 11. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's a it's lot. Right. It took me seven times in recovery. And mm-hmm. I tried way more than the seven. I tried by myself too. Right, but, right. Um, but, uh, and then they, you know, they were talking to these other people and they had they had a book because they have a boga here in Canada. Canada, it's legal. A Boga is legal. Ibogaine is now class four, which is what they were providing. Uh, and there's a place called a boga soul. And uh, there's a guy named Mark Howard and that's what he does is he works with addicts. And so she goes in there and she does a boga and yeah, she's been clean for, I guess, I don't know, like three years now, Mm -hmm. something like that. And, uh, And uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, oh, there's this documentary. Do you want to go see it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Awesome. I saw she sent me the info and bought the tickets. And I was like, sweet. So I'm checking out the website. And that's when it dawned on me. Cause I was like, you know, like I've been sober for, I forget what it was now. It was like, maybe like six months when she sent me this Mm -hmm. and it dawned on me. I'm like, okay, the mushrooms have been doing really good work with me. I'm like, but I know what this medicine's going to do. Cause I've researched it before. I'm like, it's on my radar again. I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm working in camp. I got the money to do this, but I didn't want to do it through a bogus soul because it's Ibogaine. And I'm like, I wasn't an addict anymore. I didn't need 30 days in treatment, mm-hmm. right? And that's what that program is like, a 30-day program. I'm like, well, maybe I can find something a little bit less. And and so there's this little you know, little click thing on, on the website and it was a bogus wellness center. And I just clicked on it and I was like, oh, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I know this place. I'm like, Costa Rica? Oh, yeah. Like, I love Costa Rica. I've been there before. I'm like, yeah, let's do this, right? So I think the price was pretty much the exact same. Like, obviously, eight days instead of 30, but it was about the same. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I want to do this. So I got in contact with a guy named Levi down there. He's the one that manages the facility. And, yeah, we started talking. And I was like, yeah, definitely, definitely want to do it. He's like, well, do you have any dates? And I was like, yeah, I was thinking, like, January. He's like, okay, well, take a look at them again and let me know. And I went and looked again, and there was one in December, December 13th. And it was like, discount. I'm like, I like discounts. Who doesn't like not spending money, right? So I was like, all right. I'm like, what's this about? They're like, oh, well, we're filming a documentary down there. And I'd actually been on live TV several months before that for the Hometown Heroes Burn Foundation. Mm. And I'd been like, the newspaper. I was on breakfast television. I was on CTV, morning news, like the national. Mm-hmm. And talking about that, right, I was like, oh, well, I'm like, I really want to be able to have a voice for addicts about these medicines and, like, how you can get better. Um, this is perfect opportunity. So I applied, you know, I sent them all, all of my, my clips and a little write-up about myself. And they are like, yeah, we definitely want you.
1: Well, that's so awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, December 13th, I started my journey and we're down there for eight days. And uh, yeah, man, just, just magic down there happened, connected with every yeah. single person down there. Like all the providers, um, one of the prior riders is actually from here and she runs a center here too. Mm-hmm. So they have an Aboga center and it's just, it's just a beautiful, amazing thing that I've been able to connect with these people. And I've, bogus come back with me here. Whereas I think a lot of people have an issue because like they leave and they don't have that kind of support. Mm. I've been very blessed because I have that support. I've actually done a boga twice here in Canada since then. Okay. It's in a different um, setting. We do it silent here, or at least the one that they they do here is silent. So you just, you take it in your, you're silent like a Vipassana for like 24 hours mm. and you just go inside. And man, I've had some like beautiful insights, mm-hmm. just beautiful insights there. And being able to connect with my provider and her husband, they just had a baby. Like I'm Uncle Jesse now to this baby, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just amazing, which has led me into some other plant medicine circles. And I'm just like building that soul tribe, man. Of mm-hmm. People that understand me, that have been there, that have done the work, that are doing the work and are helping guide me mm-hmm. so you know i got like one of my best girlfriends now is like a cow ceremony master mm. right and you know like i just met a beautiful human the other day that does campbell i ended up doing um uh campbell warrior initiation on friday um uh, where they do so campbell is uh, is called the monkey tree frog
1: mm. and they
0: take it and they string it up and he secretes a venom like a waxy venom and they scrape it off and then they let the tree frog go and and then they burn you and um, they have like a little round dot on you, and then they put the venom on you, and then it goes into your system, and you're like you feel it, but like it takes you right into the present, like your ego is gone from for a very short period of time. But like for you, you your higher self starts talking to you, and it gives you the information that you need to hear. The the first one that I did was beautiful because on my third round, I was sitting there and I just started crying and crying. I cried for probably about like 20, 30 minutes, like like balling and that was my purge. And and this voice came over me and I always thought that suffering was this beneficial thing and that everyone should suffer and that suffering builds character and da 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 da. And and it's kind of true in a sense, but at the same time it's not, because the voice was like, Jesse, like you know all that suffering that you think you went through? And I was like, Yeah And it's like it wasn't suffering. And I was like, wait what? It's like it wasn't suffering at all. I'm like, what do you mean? And it's like, well that was all just training. For everything that's about to happen you had to go through that it wasn't suffering it's what you needed to go through it's like going saying going to school is suffering right like mm-hmm. no you're just training for what you need to do right and I was like oh and I started laughing and I'm like crying and laughing and having a good time <laughs> and like the last time I did it on Friday the voice started talking to me I was like don't ignore that deep inner voice because I have this deep inner voice sometimes with things and it's like it's getting louder and louder as, as I'm going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's getting to the point where it's like, I really can't ignore her or I just like, it just things are going bad mm-hmm. for me. right? Um, and it was like, listen, sit silent. You are your best guide and you know what you have to do. And it's so true. Right? Cause yeah. like, I do know exactly what I have to do and I'm doing it now. I have I broke up with my, my girlfriend, like literally like a few days later because my son's mom and me, um I have a very close relationship I still love her she still loves me I've told my girlfriend that I'm like yeah if my son's mom ever wants me back I will probably leave you mm-hmm. just to be honest with her and she was okay with that but I think on like a deep level she wasn't mm-hmm. so um so I just had to be like really true to my purpose and myself yeah and yeah it's it's just like non-stop and it's great because um after I did the aboga I uh I was using mushrooms and DMT and things like that, you know, still continuing that. And, uh, in a, in a mushroom journey, I got gifted the the idea of the microdosing company. because like, again, it'd been on my radar from doing it myself. And I wanted other people to benefit from that. And like, it was weeks before that. And I saw like on Instagram, I'm like, there's microdosing. I'm like, what's going on here? Like people are selling mushrooms on Instagram. Cause I'd only just gotten Instagram. Like, just over a year ago, okay, right. So I'm like, whoa. I'm like, people selling drugs on what? <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, but I'm like, okay, well, I want to do something a little bit different. So like, the, the one thing about my microdosing company is I use a lot of different herbs and and uh, vitamins and superfoods. Like I use medical mushrooms from you know Piraka mm-hmm. with Finn, right? Like that's how we connected. Okay, right. So he he's my mushroom guy for the medical mushrooms, yeah. you know. And I love their products. They're great products. And then I got like. All sorts of different things i use like moringa in there i use like niacin um mm. you know um uh, magnesium biglycinate. glycinate like I, I put all these different things in there so i came out with four different blends i got one in which harmony and that's based off paul statements so paul statements is like one of the world's best mycologists, and he's got the statement stack he calls it and that's lion's mane psilocybin and niacin and so the, the psilocybin it's a nootropic right and the lion's mane same thing like these are literally helping build brain cells repair brain cells giving you better cognitive functioning you know reaction time like mm-hmm. memory recall all these beautiful. Um, aspects of it and then you got the niacin niacin is b3 and uh, use the flush stuff there's flush and and stuff that's non-flush but the flush stuff literally opens up your capillaries so if you take a large dose of stuff like you get 100 to 500 milligrams on like an empty stomach your whole body goes red and you can feel yourself flushing right so Mm -hmm. it works similarly like that obviously if you eat and drink a bunch of water, it minimizes it but it's a delivery system so you're delivering more of this medicine deeper into your brain passing the blood brain barrier but also to extremities mm-hmm. where a lot of things happen in your neurons. Right. And then, so I'm like, I went one step further cause I'll, like a chaga chaga is like super high antioxidant and moringa moringa is like i think it's got 96 of the central minerals and vitamins that our bodies need are the 108 mm-hmm. something, something like that right <laughs> and so i've been adding things that like, so i'm doing i'm doing a little bit more than the regular guys yeah and then i got like a brain blend that's focused like simply on brain nootropics you know so it's got ginkgo it's got lion's me, it's got acetyl which is amino acid that helps your brain cells actually um connect to it or send energy i should you say Mm -hmm. to each other um you know i have uh the psycho now blend which is more of like a scooby snack for people so that's like a recreational thing so like you know for people who don't want to drink and you're going to go into a social situation you know you just take one of those you're not going to be all buggered up but you're going to have a good time you know it might help you open up because some people have like social anxiety and things like that Mm -hmm. so it's like it's a bit more of a recreational thing and you can take one or two right and Mm -hmm. enjoy yourself and then um We have the six mushroom blend, which is like all the medical mushrooms that Pirica has plus a psilocybin. So we got turkey tail, cordyceps, red reishi, lion's mane, and Mm chaga. And I'm about to launch four more uh, when the website launches. And um, we're going to have a moontime blend for the ladies. (laughs) So it's actually going to be something called a nano dose, which I'm trying to coin now because when we look at dosing, it's usually just micro and macro. But I believe that there are some subsections in there for people, right? Because the nano I find is like the 25 milligrams to hundred milligrams and you're not going to feel that at all you know it's super sub perceptual and then you get into the micro and so the micro for me is the 100 to 500 so now you're going to start possibly feeling it but you're still going to be able to function right Mm -hmm. and then the next one I'm trying to coin is called the mini dose so it's not quite a macro and it's not a micro it's a mini so that's the the point five to two grams mm. so you're gonna definitely feel it but you know you're not gonna be super buggered up too you know obviously it depends on the person too because mm-hmm. some people are more sensitive than others but you know that's more for like you know using if you're like um, going like to the to the movies or something like that, so you're not going to be like, Whoa, you know? yeah, 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 you know, and you can enjoy yourself. And then, yeah, we're getting into the macros, and then we're like hero doses, the mystical dose, and then the god dose, which is like you know, like you're looking at super high doses, like 14 to 28 grams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when you're you know full transcendence. So you're going to possibly leave your body and mm-hmm. Earth, and possibly teach, talk to some entities and things yeah. like that, right? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a beautiful medicine. We also going to have. Uh, a heart blend, so it's based. You know, all these medicines work on your heart. The um, that one, that one on oh, the lucid dream blend. So this one again is a, uh, a another nano dose, um, and we'll be having stuff like melatonin, passion flower, hops, valerian roots So it's going to put you to sleep, and it'll have such a small dose, this little side, and then it won't keep you awake. But it'll just help induce those beautiful lucid dreams, right? Or vivid dreams, right? And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it'll, yeah, we got a couple of different things. I have. A, I'm working with another uh, company that does uh, extracts. Okay. So they actually pull the psilocybin out of the mushrooms. So now you don't have that organic material. So a lot of people have the issues with their stomachs. And that's because of the organic material. So it'll just have the three alkaloids, the biosin, the, the psilocybin, and the psilocin. Mm. And so you have a much cleaner experience. So people who do want to do higher doses and do have that stomach issue, they can take something like that. And we'll have some gummies too, you know.
1: Oh, guys, yeah, yeah,
0: You know. Why not? You got to <laughs> sell gummies, right? So yeah. Um, and yeah, eventually we're going to have like an actual trusted partner site because to me, uh, mushrooms is all about connection, right? Because we literally look at, Mushrooms and the mycelium, the mycelium connects the forest together, right? It's literally how plants talk to each other. They actually send information to each other. So it's really about connection. So that's why when you do mushrooms, you feel connected to people, mm-hmm. you feel connected to nature, you feel connected to yourself. It's all about connection. So I don't want to be in competition with people. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's healthy to be in competition with people. I want to align with the people. I'm here to help people. You know, like we, we can all benefit from this. You know, I'm not looking to be a millionaire from this i really mm-hmm. not i don't want a million dollars i honestly don't mm-hmm. i think it would be very damaging to me i can like make money and put it towards things but i don't want to have a bunch of you know disposable income i mm-hmm. think disposable income is like a silly word and <laughs> a silly concept like if you can dispose of your income then you should be giving it to people that need it mm-hmm. right so um and eventually um i'm going down to costa rica to do the training like i said and with the the company i just want to sell it to you know produce some money to be able to provide for myself and my family when I go down there to work on the Boga training and to open up a center of my own, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, the dream of opening up my own wellness center Mm -hmm. and be able to help other addicts. Cause again, that's, that's my big passion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So your long-term plan is actually, um, yeah, to, to make an exit with the company and then uh, go down there and finish your training. Yeah. And create a wellness center. Yeah, and I'll
0: keep a share in the company. Obviously, I'm going to sell it all. I'll keep a little bit so I get like almost like that royalties for doing it all. Yeah. Which will get, be nice because it'll be like, you know, a comfort thing because mm-hmm. now I can travel around the world and provide to people, which is, you know, the ultimate dream. And while I'm doing that, I can keep saving money. And again, that'll over mm-hmm. here i'll probably get an account but like you know like this is what my goal is and this is what i want to buy and you let me know when i get in there and we'll buy it mm-hmm. otherwise i don't want to know how much money is there you know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 you know, like unless it's an emergency i don't need it right like i can provide for myself um without that kind of revenue yeah there, right
1: yeah i think that's awesome and like it seems like you obviously know a lot about mushrooms <laughs> <Just a little laughs> um, <bit. laughs> and all these things so I, i'm sure whoever would be a buyer or purchaser and it would still want you a part of the company. Cause I like the vision behind it and all the different things that you're uh, creating with it. I mean, and it's funny too, because recently I've had a lot of people asking about microdosing mushrooms and it's something that I literally know nothing about. I've never (laughs) tried it. Um, But it's been coming up, like it's been just showing up a lot in my life lately um, where like even the guest before you uh, last week, he was talking about. He's like, "Oh, if you ever want like help, uh, be guided through it. You should reach out." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of weird." And, like it just keeps showing up, and then you today. So I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like one of those things." I'm like, "All right, I think I have to try this soon." Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's awesome, and I'm I'm glad that now I have a place that I can send these people to to get these things yeah. uh, to try it out, um, and I love that it's local uh, as well. Mm-hmm. And right now how are you selling it? Like, is it through Instagram?
0: Instagram, yeah, and then I got a lot of word of mouth at the moment, Okay, right? But like, um, another part of the website too is we will be selling just whole dried mushrooms as well too. Okay, so I'm you- going to have 14 different varieties on there okay. of the Cubenzies. So, you know, different potencies, different rarities and each mushroom has a little bit of a different spirit, right? Mm-hmm. They just hold a little bit of something different in there. Mm-hmm. So there'll be something for everybody on there. Um, and then, yeah, like a lot of just information too. Like, so like all the stuff I was talking about, nanodose, I'm going to have it all written out there. Nice. How to microdose. Another thing is like there's two different protocols usually people recommend. That's the statement protocol, which is five days on and two days off. Okay. And there's the Feidman protocol, which is James Feidman. He's one who he wrote the psychedelic experience guidebook i think it's called or handbook whatever it is okay and his is one day on three days off and if you look at that like statements is really cool um it's it's based off like the neurogenesis like i said so you want to do that long term and again it helps with your brain uh, five is more performance based so you're not getting as much out of it and i found uh with statements it was a little bit too much i found the five days Uh, and the two days in between wasn't quite enough of a reset Mm. and obviously five minutes is I just wasn't getting enough out of it okay so I created my own so I would like to again coin the other thing is the the silo care protocol which is four days on and three days off and it's kind of like that sweet spot right in the middle Mm -hmm. so you're not building up as much as a tolerance over four days and you're giving yourself a a little bit more of a reset in between Mm -hmm. and again we're going to put all the protocols on there so it's really what you want I also tell people like you can make your own protocol want, right like there's no like one Way to do it's like cooking, right? Like there's more than one way to crack an egg. So like you want to go two days on, two days off. Go for it. One day on, one day off. Go for it, right? Like it's all about you. And then also teaching people how to like properly find their right microdose because technically not everyone's going to be the same Mm -hmm. body weight, tolerance, chemical makeup, uh, diet. Yeah, you know, blah 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 blah. blah. Everything. So what you want to do uh, for like a proper proper one is you just keep adding a little bit more until you feel it. And you actually go back so you don't feel it. And that's the sweet spot. And a lot of people, it's funny because they come to me and they're like, well, I don't feel anything. And I'm like, well, it's a microdose. You're not supposed to. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of the point. I'm like, did you have a good day? They're like, yeah, actually, I had a really good day. I wasn't stressed. And I'm like, then it's working.
1: Yeah, like that's
0: that's what microdosing is about you're not supposed to be like ooh, 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 mm-hmm. you know like and like that's what you want and then you know take a little bit more like i provide like the 250 milligram pure capsules which is again it's a little bit of a higher microdose and again with the um the psycho not like you can take those but then you're not getting the benefit of all the other constituents inside there right so Mm -hmm. depending on what you're looking for right so Mm -hmm. i i like uh i like having those those other things in there because they kind of work well together and you're getting like health benefits you know like i've I take I take my own blend now minus the psilocybin because I don't I don't take a lot of psilocybin all the time I do more like a flood dose like at least once a month usually mm-hmm. on the full moon to really connect with myself and then every once in a while maybe between I'll like try a product um, it was getting kind of ridiculous for a bit there I almost want to find just a tester to be
1: like yeah 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 get someone else to kind of try it so, yeah
0: and like when I did Campbell I'm not I'm not touching anything for for a bit here now yeah and um i'm again i'm on a i'm on a microdose schedule for a boga for a bit here to like just connect with the medicine again mm-hmm. um and so, yeah, it's, it's really like knowing yourself too, right? And, and taking breaks is a really good thing, you know, because now it's like, well, we're relying on this. Like, is, is the only reason I'm like this because of this or is it because of me? Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, a lot of the guidance that I give people too is, like, how to properly microdose. You can't just take a microdose and be like, oh, my life's going to get better, <laughs> right? Like, that's, no, there's no such thing as a magic pill, yeah. right? You need to do the work, right? The, the microdose helps you connect to the work you have to do. Mm -hmm. so it's it's about setting intentions like okay well what is your intention with microdosing oh i have anxiety i have depression i'm a procrastinator you know my relationship's not doing good i'm an angry whatever it is Mm -hmm. that's what you need to work on and and by thinking about that that's how the mushrooms work right because it works off of the 5-ht2 receptors which is your serotonin right and what that does is it creates global connectivity and helps to bypass a lot of those networks that are like your auto response it's your default mode network so your higher memory is what causes you to react sometimes because that's just what your programming is mm. but it kind of bypasses so you're like you're about to be like ah! and you're like oh wait like i don't need to react like that you know <laughs> yeah. like my favorite example is like when you're driving in a car somebody cuts you off. most people's reaction is like ah! but i'll like why yeah why do that it doesn't really make sense if you ask me because you're getting yourself all worked up. You're now releasing cortisol in your body, which is a stress hormone. You're making yourself feel bad just because that guy cut you off. He doesn't care. He no, doesn't, you know, he doesn't like, give a shit. You know, like You're not actually like hurting him or he, he's not wising up because you got angry. The only person you're hurting is yourself by doing that. So with these kind of medicines, you you kind of notice that and you'll be like, oh, oh well, you know what? That actually doesn't matter. And I don't need to react like that because it's not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'd rather be happy. And so I've learned to a point where it's like nothing in this world takes away my happiness except for me, mm-hmm. right? Like it's true. People are like, oh, you made me feel like that. I'm like, no, actually it didn't. My actions didn't make you feel like that. It's your reaction to my actions. What you should do is be like, I don't accept this, I have a boundary, I won't put up with this, and if this keeps happening, then I'm going to leave, and then you're going to be a happy person, instead of just reacting all the time to all the things that keep happening to Mm -hmm. you. So you end up changing who you are uh, on a deep level, and that's part of the integration. So once you realize these things, it's about putting them into work. So there was a great analogy I learned actually in Christian recovery called the aha. So the aha is epiphany for the A, so that's realizing something. you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's how things are. Mm-hmm. And that I shouldn't be like that. And the second is H. So that's being honest. So be honest with yourself is like telling yourself the truth about the situations. But the last one is the most important. That's the action. Because you can have the first two and then just fizzle away. Mm. And that's some of these some of these plant medicines. That's what happens to people is they go in there and they get such beautiful introspective work done and insights and like whoa I understand. And then they just go back to their normal life
1: mm-hmm. and they
0: don't listen to what their guidance was. You know, like a lot of these paths are quite difficult because they're going to tell you to do difficult things, leave your partner. You know, the friends that you have are not good for you. The family that you're hanging around with aren't good for you. you know, the job that you're in isn't good for you. And a lot of these things are going to come up. And it's hard to walk away from that stuff because mm-hmm. we're programmed into attachment, right? We're like, oh, well, that's part of my identity. And you almost feel like you're dying when you leave these things because that's who you are. That's who you think you are, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, it, it, yeah, it takes a lot. And a lot of people... Have a lot of troubles with that. I've seen people that do a lot of plant medicines and they're still stuck. Yeah. You know, they've done, like, oh, I've done ayahuasca like 10 times. I'm like, then why are you snorting cocaine? Mm. Like, I'm pretty sure your soul's not saying, oh, yeah, cocaine's cool. You know, like, so, and some people just won't wake up, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can't force anyone to wake up. You know, they'll wake up when they're ready to wake up, right? Mm-hmm. And they can do plant medicines over and over and over again, but they need to be ready. Yeah. They really need to be ready right? to, to do the work. And yeah, without the work, you're just going to be stuck.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's uh that's a really good insight with the action piece there because I mean, I just kind of see that with everything. It's, people are always kind of like maybe okay. looking for a quick fix or mm-hmm. even like with the microdosing, I feel like a lot of people that reach out, um, they go to it because it's something they can quickly uh, consume. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's great is that at least it it offers at least those things offer an insight. Um, I think more so than like a pharmaceutical. You're obviously not oh, going to yeah. get anything <laughs> spiritual out of that. At least like at least yeah. you have the opportunity to get something and take action. So it's giving you the first two uh, sometimes. So
0: I always tell people, I'm like, if you're going to abuse something, abuse mushrooms because
1: yeah. like they're non
0: habit forming. They they don't do anything harsh to your body. The one thing that could happen is psychotic break. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen very often. You have to be in like a really bad setting, or have some pre-existing conditions for that kind of stuff to happen, and do like super large doses too. Mm-hmm. Like the chances of having a psychotic break up a mega dose are like next to none, right? Yeah. Like, again, you talk does like a precondition, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's yeah, like I said, like people who drink, you know, socially, I'm like, that's, that's abuse right there, Mm -hmm. you know, and alcohol is horrible for you, like super horrible for you. Oh yeah. So I'm like, yeah, if you're going to go out and have some fun, yeah, do mushrooms. I'm like, if you're going to recreation and do mushrooms all the time, sure. Go ahead. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to hurt yourself. Like the mushrooms aren't going to hurt yourself. You might hurt yourself being silly, (laughs) but you know, that's not directly related, you know? No. um, so yeah like and they they are yeah they they've been around for thousands and thousands of years right like this mm-hmm. is something that's not new um and then if you want to go deep into that you know we look at like it was it was caused by the church and things like that because when you do these mushrooms you get insight into like what god actually is and Mm-hmm. like how God works and that you are God and that you're the universe mm-hmm. in in the form like you're the formless in form right now and that we're all the same we all come from the same thing and that none of us are different we just have different programmings and different paths mm-hmm. right so if you can get to that point where you look at everybody as yourself on a different path then you can forgive people a lot easier, right? And you don't get angry at people, and yeah, it just it makes life a lot easier for you, right? Because you're you're not judging people on what they're doing as good or bad. Like obviously we have to judge people, but we only judge people on how they benefit us, right? Mm-hmm. So like, oh, are your actions you know healthy for me? No, well then I got to leave, and that's a judgment, but that's called a healthy judgment, right? Mm-hmm. And you you know you start changing your talk because you look at the world and man like. So many people that I'm around, they, they, they're self-deprecating when they talk like, Oh, what an idiot. And, Oh, like, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm worthless. And, and it's like, you hear that a lot and mm-hmm. man, your soul just groans when that happens. It's yeah, it's, it's damaging to you. Your body's listening to you. Your soul is listening to you. those words that are coming out of your mouth mm-hmm. and the ego doesn't realize what it's doing until you have that awareness. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just raising awareness, you know, raising vibration and yeah really tuning into to the proper the proper path to go down right cuz mm-hmm. man we got so many options and and it's hard out there man it really is you know i still get stuck in a lot of things right so yeah you know it it's it's only been 20 months for me, you know, and, uh, you know, um, and learning how to do stuff like manifestation too, you know, and that's the whole thing with like the whole positive mindset, right? As above, so below, right? If you're thinking positive things all the time, positive things start happening to you, right? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can make things happen just with the power of thought, but it's hard to, to actually get there because I've, you know, I went 37 years and people would always talk about it and I always kind of understood, yeah, you know, but I never quite, God, it didn't click.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: you talk about like the book, the secret, you know, and things like that. And that's literally what they're talking about, right? It's like manifestation. And uh, yeah, once 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 it clicks, man, it's it's beautiful how it flows, right? And mm-hmm. you just you don't fight things; you surrender. You're like, okay, well, if this isn't working, and then it isn't working, I'm not gonna push it. I'm not gonna force it. In. And then, and then it's like, oh, okay, well now this path is here because I've chosen not to try to go down this hard path. You're like, oh wow, look at that one's wide open and it's super easy to go down. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is so much enjoyable and I'm getting to the same place kind of. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a much better way of life. That's for sure. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. And like the, the benefits that I've reaped just in the last 20 months, like um, uh, um, my, my son, I didn't see him for three years because of my addiction and that was really hard, you know, and, and that really helped me to surrender and accept, um, things for where they were. Like, cause acceptance is a, is a big thing too, right? Like we just need to accept that this is the way that things are and, and, and kind of love on it, right? Like if you look at my knuckles, it says Amor fati, and that means love your fate. So no matter what happens, if it's good, bad, or ugly, you gotta love it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, not necessarily have to like it, but you gotta love it, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and then yeah, you get to that beautiful point where, you know, like, yeah, life I was I was torturing myself, constantly thinking about like when I would see him and how all this and that. And I'm like, well, no, it's gonna happen when it's gonna happen. What's the point of trying to live in the future if it hasn't happened yet? Right. Mm-hmm. So I got to a good point and just uh, not this last weekend, but the weekend before I was able to see my son and be reconnected with him and be a part of his life. And to me, that was like the ultimate goal <laughs> Like mm-hmm. for me in the last three years is to be a good father for him. And I left it up to his mom to kind of decide and, and, and we've been gotten closer and you know, yeah, like all the positives are just never ending. And the fact that I'm able to help people now and that like giving to me has become a beautiful thing. Like being of service, giving my, my time, my money, my energy, to to people that that need it has become so rewarding and like that's what fills me with joy now instead of like taking which is what I used to always do, right? It was like, what can I get from people? And now it's like what can I give to people? Yeah. <laughs> so it's great, right?
1: Yeah, it's an awesome switch to make. Yeah. It's yeah. not easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's living heart centered is what it is instead of ego centered, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's a hard switch, man. It's really hard because like, man, that's what we do most of our life is building that identity up, that ego up, right? And 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 we got to look at it. It's like it's not our fault, man. Like we're programmed a certain way. Like you know, like you're born into that family. You didn't really. Some people say you could choose it, right? Like it depends how deep we want to go into this conversation. Yeah. But yeah, like you were you you got into that situation, and and then they programmed you. Uh, and that program was passed down from them. So that's what they call, talk about is that generational trauma. Mm-hmm. So, and that comes through, man. And, and you can't, you can't help that stuff. What you can do is you can heal from it though. Mm-hmm. And you can stop it from being passed on. That's the only thing you do. You can't help that program. Right? No. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's done. But you have a responsibility to try and do something about it now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where the work comes in. Right. And it's, it's, yeah, it's like forgiving them and seeing like hey they did the best that they could even if they were horrible to you that's probably because they had a horrible childhood too or even in a horrible adulthood like look at them for that like they're just pure souls that have been programmed to do these evil things i don't think anyone's truly evil Right. No. I just think they, yeah, they were programmed to. It's like a robot, man. Like I'm going to tell you to go destroy this building. Oh, okay. Well, you can't. Well, you can blame the robot for doing that or the guy that did that, mm-hmm. right? And then it just goes back and back and back and back. So we forgive, and we clear that ancestral trauma, and then we 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 work on it. And then, like my son, I can't wait. You know, like because I can't. I'm so happy that I am the person I am today because the person who I was when I was with him probably would have programmed him pretty badly, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm glad that I wasn't there for the last three years because I was in a dark place, you know, and now I'm able to talk to him and show him and teach him what I think is at least the right ways now. And I'm mm-hmm. still going to do messed up things. Probably <laughs> yeah. probably program him some weird ways, but he's on a path now where like, it'll be easier I think for him than it would have been if I was still in his life, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Waiting until the right time. Yeah. Plus he's gonna have a
0: plant medicine dad. So you know he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be out some he's gonna have a couple of journeys, I'm sure, when he gets a little bit older. Mm-hmm. You know, if he chooses so. <laughs> How old is he now? He's five. He'll be six in February.
1: Nice. Yeah. And so are, are, you, are you are in touch with
0: him now? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I gotta go I'm going there on Friday to see him again for the awesome. second time. I've been talking to him on the phone and yeah, it's good. You know, it's it was it was a rough it was a rough day though, because like he didn't recognize me, mm-hmm. didn't know quite who I was, even though Mama had talked um, to him about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was rough, but I was fine. You know, at the same time, because I'm like I was just happy to see him. Yeah, and he got really close to me like really fast. And his mom was like, you know, he's not usually like this with people. Like he's definitely like he knows a little yeah, bit. I feel early. like
1: they can feel it.
0: Well, like intrinsically, like deep down. And he, like he was sitting on my lab and like. I kept like kissing him on the nose and he would lick my cheek, you know, and we were having fun. And like towards the end of the day, he kept saying, hey, you. And I was like, hey, like for, I was like, you can just say Jesse or you can call me dad. And he kind of was like, like I didn't think he quite understood still. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I like the name Jesse. I was like, okay. And (laughs) And then when we got to the hotel, he uh he was like saying something about his dad because his mom has a partner right. Now. Okay. And and his mom was like, well, for like, remember when I was talking about how this morning we we're gonna see your dad and it's your real dad? And he, he's like, no, like, you just didn't remember, right? Yeah. So I looked and I was like, you don't know who I am, do you? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, I'm your I'm your real dad. And then I had a conversation about how like me and his mom were the ones who made him, mm-hmm. and how like the dad that he have now. Though I love him and and like respect him, he's not your real dad. Not your blood dad. He's still your dad, but he's not your real dad. Like I'm your biological father. And he's like, oh, I'm like that's why Oma and Opa are my mom and dad, and your aunt is my sister. And and he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, and then he clicked, right? Yeah, yeah. And we went upstairs, and had like I guess two king size beds, and he's jumping back and forth, (laughs) and he's like, dad, 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 and I was like, oh, (laughs) so he got it finally. Yeah, like, and he's. Yeah, he's he's just a beautiful little guy. And it's so blessed to be able to be back in his life and, yeah, to be the the person I am now. And it's great because even with his mom, like, I'm able to to be uh, more of a support to her now than I ever was because I can actually, like, sit and listen to people instead of always trying to control the situation and, you know, fix the situation and put my opinion on everything that's said. You know, I can just sit there and, you know, just... Yeah. Just listen and, and and hold space for people, and and then when I do talk, I talk from from my heart instead of my ego, and
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: just yeah, it's made all my relationships a lot better.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, not many people can really. I think listening is a lost, oh yeah, a lost art um, yeah. nowadays. And being able to do that, and and not trying to be forcing with her too, right? You're just letting the time come, and I think mm-hmm. that obviously all of that just makes it so much nicer for her and your son and everybody. Yeah. yeah i think that's amazing
0: yeah yeah i've become a master of flow now people like make plans and they're like oh i'm sorry i'm like don't say sorry That's cool i'm enjoying myself yeah um i think it was eckhart tolle who was talking about if somebody comes up and you've been waiting for them and they say sorry that you've been waiting and say oh i wasn't waiting i was just enjoying being mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing to me because like i do i'll just like i'm never like waiting for people i'm like i'm always just doing something whether it be in my head or on my phone i'm like looking just out and enjoying i'm experiencing i'm not waiting i'm experiencing and it's a beautiful thing to be able to get to the point and it's like it's so funny how the words that we use can kind of trap us right mm. and they kind of hold us in this like bit of a prison right and um yeah words are powerful right so it's interesting it's like oh i should have done that well no you shouldn't have i'm like because if you if you should have than you would have right so my my carrier says no you can't go back and change it like so stop thinking about it like you can't yeah. change it like you know you can go back in the past and be like that was awesome but like don't be like holding on like well i could have done this i'm like well you couldn't have because he would have mm-hmm. you know like you say like in the future i'm gonna tr- i'm gonna do better yeah that's what you say i gonna do better Not oh i could have i'm gonna do better mm-hmm. yeah so it's. It's all about reprogramming yourself and it it takes a lot, man. Mm -hmm. It does take a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just consistent work like all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, Just more awareness.
0: But there's, it's nice because like I said, psychedelics are having a renaissance right now. And it's like, man, the more deeper I go, you can see like psychedelics have this like like, it's a rise and a fall, right? It's a bit of the yeah. Hermetic teachings, right? The rhythm of the world. Like, everything has a rise and a fall. And right now, they're coming back because the world is damaged. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not in the right headspace. We are destroying this earth. Uh, we're destroying the animals. We're destroying ourselves, our health. Um, you know, we're, we're greedy. And, and, yeah, something's got to change. And it needs mm-hmm. to change, like, pretty darn quick or we're not going to make it past like you know like like yeah there's only gonna we're gonna be like hiding in bunkers Mm -hmm. Uh, it's gonna get bad so there needs to be a huge shift and the nice thing about the psychedelics is that brings us back to connection Mm -hmm. where we actually care about these things right and we start realizing the impact of our actions even on small things, right? Like, like the the type of food that you're eating, right? Like I learned about vibrations in one of my, my medit or er, in one of my plant ceremonies and, and the medicine was talking about how the medicines that we take, tune us in at this high frequency, which is, allows us to see past this realm, right? Mm-hmm. To see, like, because our eyes only have a spectrum of, like, this out of this, right? And here, and all these things, we're able to see a bit more. And you can't describe it when you come back here because we have no reference for it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a 2D being trying to describe a 3D world to another 2D being. Well, there is no up and down, so how are they going to say up and down if there's no up and down? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to explain. But what that does is, 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 now that they're coming back and they're becoming more popular, we got places like Oakland, uh, Santa Fe, Ann Arbor, and D.C. that have decriminalized all plant medicines. We got um, Oregon that decriminalized all drugs and legalized psilocybin for mm-hmm. therapeutic uses. In Canada, we've had four people on end-of-life therapy being approved with a Section 56.1 exemption stating that they were allowed to use psilocybin for end-of-life therapy. And then on November 5th, they had a lady in B.C. that was approved to use use it for depression that's the first person for depression in canada which is a huge deal Mm -hmm. so this is happening we have different companies um like oh, what's it um Neomine, Neon Mine is one of them that are doing research at UBC. Um, there's a couple other ones that are doing it, and they're getting licenses now to mm-hmm. produce psilocybin for research purposes. And the next step is allowing these people to have medical scripts from doctors, like what happened with marijuana. Mm. That was the first step. You can get a medical license to grow marijuana and then you get to get a medical license to, to consume it. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to connect it at first. Mm-hmm. And then it'll kind of do that. There's a lot of parallels with the mushrooms and the marijuana and it's kind of going on the same track. Might be a little bit faster than marijuana just because, uh, to, you gotta go through. it so we can kind of, mimic a lot of these laws just use mushrooms instead of the the terminology of marijuana or whatever Mm -hmm. they're using for the terminology Mm -hmm. right but it's very similar right yeah yeah so it's going to become a lot more available and that's kind of like i would love for my company to be something like that right so it's something that you can use and it's approved you know i have i have a a, a legal grower so i don't have to worry about getting busted and Mm -hmm. a legal facility and i don't have to worry about that again but you know like whatever it might be but like this is medicine like and And one thing about our company too is like when we make all our stuff, like we smudge it all. So I use either Palo Santo or Sage or something like that. We, sludge, we get it all set up, and then we smudge it. And when we smudge it, we speak prayers over that stuff. We set intention into our medicine. We're not just like, oh, we're going to make these caps. Here you go. You know, like we're actually putting, you know, like protection spells on this, you know, like healing, asking for our ancestors to be there. You know, we're thanking Mother Earth. We're thanking the mushrooms for providing this stuff for us, for giving us these insights. And then we send it on its way with, with those intentions so that the people actually get in the benefits, like truly getting the benefits. Cause that's, man, that's energy connected to that. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, a lot of people don't believe in that, it, but it's a real thing once you see it. Right. And, yeah. And, um and yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, that's what we're about. You know, like our, our motto is healing over profits. Like, you know, like if someone came to me and they're like, Hey man, I don't have very much money. I want a microdose. I'd be like, yeah, well what do you got? You know, like yeah, it can be a sliding scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd rather you have someone to help you heal because that's going to go out and help the world, right? So, mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah, I think that's amazing. Uh, I mean, it's definitely that's a that's a great approach. You're putting your heart and everything yeah. you know into it. It's not just like yeah, you don't really care much about the money. And I think, no. I think that's important right now. So
0: yeah, yeah. Like m- m- money, money is beneficial, but it's definitely not needed, no. right? Like I don't need money. Like there's things that I need. I need shelter, you know, and money helps me get shelter, but I don't yeah. need money because I could also get shelter if I went and worked on a firm. Yeah. You know, like there's ways of getting things without money. Mm-hmm. Um and money is just the way that we use right now because it's an institution that we all agree upon. Okay, well that piece of paper lists, this and this, and this. <laughs> Right, like we were talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it, it, it's 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 we need to use it because it's part of our society, and I I understand it, but I just understand it on a different level, I think, than a lot of people do. And then money comes easy to me when I'm like that, right? That's the thing. Like money comes and money goes, and. I Like to give a lot of my money too, right so I'll go out and I'll buy food for the I live like I said on the east side, and every single time I go to Costco, I buy food for the homeless, even if it's like twice or three times a week, I make sure that I buy food for them if I'm buying food because mm. I have the money to do so, so I want to help them, you know, and I think that's good to to like reap the benefits, but not only reap them but spread the benefits to the people that that don't have those benefits right now, mm-hmm. right. And that's just good, that's just good energy for yeah. everybody, right? Like, you know, again, Alan Walsh talks about that. Technically everything we do is for selfish gains, but it's like, what kind of selfish gains? Like I do that because it makes me feel good, right? And there's good energy coming through well, that's kind of a selfish thing, but that's a good kind of selfish, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not hurting someone with that kind of selfish, I'm benefiting people, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, there's definitely different kinds of selfishness. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's like giving to a charity, you know, like these rich people give to charities and they're doing it because they're getting tax write offs but that's a good thing because at least they're helping people to get those tax. So yeah,
1: yeah it could be doing a lot worse. It could
0: be doing a lot worse, you know, they're buying Maseratis, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Right. So yeah, mm-hmm. my, my path has been a very interesting one um, to say the least. Um, but I've had a lot of love and support along the way. You know, a lot of people that have believed in me and that have set healthy boundaries. Um, you know, like my parents, that went by and said, no, you like, you can't come home. Like we're not helping you anymore. And I had to go into the streets mm-hmm. and that was the best thing for me, man. Like I, uh, I know it's hard. Like it must've been super hard for them to have to see that and witness that. And like literally my mom would be like, yeah, I just, every time the phone rings, you're like, Is there going to be him? Mm -hmm. You know, when we got the fentanyl epidemic, you know, and I did, I OD'd, I think four times on fentanyl. So yeah, jeez, (laughs) I've died a lot of times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's a scary thought. And not only just my, my parents, but like, you know, all my aunts and uncles and friends. And most people didn't think I was going to make it out of there. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was pretty bad. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, it was, it was all part of what I was supposed to do. I, I did a DMT journey one time and I got to meet one, well, two of my guides. It was a girl and I went to this weird office. It was almost like a government building or something like that. It was weird, right? And I go into this office and there's a big desk and she's sitting there and there's a guy behind her holding all these files. And and I was silly because this is after a boga and I kind of know what my purpose is. Well, I didn't kind of, I knew what my purpose was after a boga. And and I was like, oh, I'm going to do some DMT. I'm going to ask, ask what my purpose is. Like just like stupidly, right? And I go out there and they're like, What are you doing here? I'm like, um, what's my purpose? And she looks at me and she's like, What? Like you know. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right, I do. I'm like, Yeah. She's like, like, you know what you signed up for when you when you went down to earth. Like you accepted this assignment. We knew you could handle it, you knew you could handle it. Now go down there and do it. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool, thanks, yeah. right? <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a smart ass too, you know, right. And I, as I was leaving, I'm like kind of walking out the door and I look back and I was like, Hey guys, what's God real quick. Right. And they're just, the girl like rolls her eyes and she's like, Oh, you mean the like eternal energy source that fuels everything? I was like, yeah, that one. And then a boom, came back to earth. <laughs> I was like, okay, so that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, and then yeah I can't do DMT anymore because they've banned me every time I do it it scares the ever-loving crap out of me they won't (laughs) let me back there because I'm asking too many silly questions
1: (laughs) I got a purpose now so yeah you could (laughs) yeah
0: so but yeah some some amazing journeys um and there's more more plant medicines that I'm I'm going to be going down because one of the things that I really want to be able to do is um is, is help people decide on what plant medicines that they want. Yeah. So like not everybody um resonates with different medicines, right? Because there's ayahuasca, there's a boga, there's Wachuma or San Pedro, it's the cactus, coyote, um, you know, mushrooms. Like it goes on and on and on. And mm-hmm. there's all these different ones. So um I wanna be able to at least try them once to be able to be like, okay, that's what that experience is like. And then what I can do is like listen to their story listen to what's going on and be able to be like you know like you know like like ayahuasca from what i understand and have heard and read is a very feminine loving energy you know like boga is a very masculine like slap you upside the head like like shake you like this is what you gotta do Mm -hmm. and it's not really soft at all you know and mushrooms is is definitely like a connection one like i said so it's The different, well, like I said, the modalities and Mm -hmm. and how they work, you know, like even like cacao or like Rape and there's, there's so many different things and it's just like building these, this like this tool belt, right? And Mm -hmm. it's empty right now and I'm just putting the tools in as I'm going, right? So it's like, okay, well, what needs to get fixed here? All right, well, this is a tool that helps fix this this is the tool that helps fix that right and and, um and yeah that's what it is is it's more like giving the people the tools to fix themselves Mm -hmm. is what it is right like you know they, they talk about shamans or providers or medicine people and they don't do the work right they just provide the space the medicine and the guidance if things are going rough for you to do the work right And Mm -hmm. they're the people that have gone through it before, right? That's literally what a shaman means, right? It's like a a dream walker. It's someone that has been to these dreamlike states, experienced them, understands them, and now if you're going through something you can be like okay well this is what's going on we need to go this way or this way you know like and a lot of it is telling people to go into it you know like you're like oh i feel like this is gonna i'm dying i'm like okay well surrender to that then like don't worry you're okay you're safe you're not going to die but just surrender to the fact that you feel like you're gonna die and man as soon as you stop fighting it and you're just like all right you're like oh Okay, well, I'm actually not dying (laughs) You know, like, oh, that feels good, you know? And it's just your ego holding on is what it is because the ego, that programming, is this, like, illusion, right? And it doesn't want to die, right? Like, it wants to hold on because it's literally your survival mechanism. That's why it's there. It's there to protect us. And then the ego is beneficial. We don't want to get rid of the ego. The ego is very beneficial. We just don't want it to control us. Um, So... Yeah, you get to that point where you again have that ego assisted life, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. And um and then it's, it's more beneficial because you're not reacting out of here, you're reacting out of here.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I think that's a great way. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done, though.
1: Yeah, lots of practice. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, tons of practice.
1: Which it sounds like you're not having trouble with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like things like meditation are beneficial too, and that's the thing. Like you don't need to use plants either, right? Like if you, it's like plants are kind of like the the highway to get there, right? Instead of taking the footpath, right? The footpath is things like meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and then you can go with breathing work too. Breathing work is actually quite a fast way to have some beautiful insights to yourself and to connect doing holotropic breathing where you're like (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for like an hour. It's really hard to do. Mm -hmm. But then when you stop, you feel like you're in a psychedelic state. You are in a psychedelic state, right? Psychedelic doesn't necessarily mean plants, right? It just means that you're going into your brain pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah so the psychonaut right someone that psycho um comes from the uh the um the greek word um what was it uh, um mind right and then and not is a sailor right so it's technically like a mind sailor someone who can travel through your mind mm-hmm. and and kind of find what you need to find right mm-hmm. and then there's things like lucid dreaming too like these are beautiful things that it can work for you right like it takes a lot of training to do that too right like you know checking your palms every couple hours checking your fingers reading stuff and asking yourself am i in a dream and then when you're dreaming you'll do that you'll check in as a reality check in a dream and if you're in a dream your finger will go through your hand and you'll be like whoa oh wait i'm in a dream instant lucidity right and now you can do some work, right? And you can do some cool things. Um, astral travel is very similar to that. So there's some different techniques you can do for that as well. Um, through meditation and you know, also like um in the boothers thing where you can just stare off in the distance, like pick a point, like like look at that that socket and you're just staring at. It. And just try not to blink and you just stare at, it, stare at it, stare at it, stare at it. And it actually activates your third eye and then you can go some places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of different things. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's cool how many, how things outside of um like being induced through medicine and other stuff that you can do it with as well. Um, but yeah, also nice to take the highway sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah you know,
0: depends on how far gone you are, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's... You know, it's it's you're too too far gone, and it, you need that quick reset, right, mm-hmm. to, to reconnect, and that's the catalyst that helps you get there, right?
1: Yeah, it kind of opens things up, and then you can play with it on your own after. Yeah,
0: exactly. And like, this is the cool thing too, is like, um, you know, you you're able to go into, like I said, I was a Christian, right? So I I don't disregard myself as a Christian now. I still believe in Jesus. I still believe in God. I still believe the Bible. I just believe now that the Bible is kind of cryptic, you know, like you got to read between the lines. Um, I believe that Jesus was a little bit misinterpreted in the Bible with what he was saying, because if you read a lot of his stuff, he talks about these different things. Like there's, there's psychedelics in the Bible. I believe mm-hmm. um, there's books written about this and, and different things to talk about this. Um, you look at uh, Moses, right? And he saw the burning bush And it talked to him and that was God and yeah, I bet you he did see a burning bush and I'm pretty sure God did talk to him But I think he had something in him that kind of got him there and like you you, There's stuff like the acacia tree the acacia tree that comes from where they were in Egypt there and it's high in DMT Mm. So like who knows did he smoke some of the bark? I don't know. (laughs) I wasn't there Did he eat a mushroom who knows right and like it was a lot different 2,000 years ago there, too, right? And then they talk about, you know, him walking through the desert. We walked through the desert for 40 years, right? But how did they survive in the desert? Well, they had manna. The manna would show up in the morning. And then when the sun hit, it, it would wither away and maggots would eat it. That's exactly what mushrooms do. The mushrooms like wither away in the sun and then the little mm-hmm. tiny worms eat it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what they would eat. Um, they talks about, you know, turning the manna into tea, mushroom tea mm. Jesus would turn water into wine right well they didn't call it mushroom tea back then wine was something that just got inebriated you know wine was just what they called everything right so like mead was wine all this stuff yeah. they just called it wine they don't talk about different forms of booze in the bible they just talk bottles. about wine right yeah so Jesus would turn water into wine I personally think he would throw some mushrooms pour some water on it they would drink it and then they would get inebriated mm. right and, and he t- Jesus talks about the third eye Jesus talks about having your light your body being filled with light like all these things if you find them in the bible point to jesus being like very spiritual like Mm -hmm. and he said like yeah he's the son of god but here's the thing all of us are sons of god we all come from god he realized it and he was trying to tell everybody else that was the good news man that like yeah you come from god you're one of god's sons and you have power in you beyond belief but most people don't wake up to that Mm -hmm. and they misinterpret what he said and that's why like that's why they killed him is because he said he was the son of god right it's funny like like, the messiah finally came like it was prophesized and then they kill him you know and then not only that but like then they don't they don't write the bible right away so there's a lot lost in over the years and then obviously within translation too because like it was written in greek at first and in hebrew and all these things and like there's a lot of words that they don't directly translate mm-hmm. right like to meditate means to like think on something to like kind of like think of but not just to think about it but it's to constantly think about it like almost like a cow when he chooses food right it's kind of like what meditation means in hebrew is like so you're like all right okay and then you put it away but then you bring it back up and then you chew in a little bit more and then you bring it in and that's how you get to the truth right is to keep thinking about it and then, interesting enough, you have people like Thomas, you know, the book of Thomas. Didn't make it to the real Bible, you know, but it's, he's, he's got a book. yeah. And you know why? Because he's the esoteric teachings, right? So it's like the, the more mystical teachings, the magical teachings of Jesus. But they didn't want to put that in there because that was... Yeah, that's not going to benefit the church, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Bible creates a a guilt state in people, a fear state in people, and then they're more easily controlled, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate, but... It's the way the world's worked for <laughs> yeah. thousands of years now <laughs> right so mm-hmm. but you see you see people being more spiritual than religious now right and mm-hmm. like and that's the thing you can still believe in jesus and muhammad and buddha and all these people and they're all right man none of them are wrong You know, none of them are the truth, just the truth. They're all the truth put together. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Don't get stuck, right? They're all kind of like these like hurdles and you're going along and each one comes. And if you get there, you don't want to be like, oh, that's it. Now I'm a Christian and I'm stuck here. Mm -hmm. This is, this is it. This is it. This is all I have. No, man, Keep going jump that hurdle all right now this is buddhism oh interesting you take a little bit of that oh and Taoism, you know and zen and all these different teachings and they all kind of create this beautiful mixture and you just got to keep adding to it that's what really gets you to that place of truth and knowledge and wisdom that We'll set you free, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like real enlightenment.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that, like kind of trying everything on and taking what makes sense and, and building an overall truth yeah. uh, around it.
0: Yeah, it's, that's pretty much what they were trying to tell you to do, <laughs> you know. And they're giving you like these guidelines of how to get there and they all pretty much say the same thing and that's the beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you're like a Buddha, right? Like people like, you know, like the monks who sit there and meditate. And Buddha didn't reach enlightenment while he was sitting there. He sat there for however long it was. I forget how long he sat there for, but he sat there forever. And he didn't reach enlightenment until he left. Mm. You know? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, don't get stuck, right? Like, don't get stuck. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Life is about experience. It's about forward momentum. If you get stuck in any one thing, that's going to cause a lot of issues, Mm -hmm. I personally think.
1: I agree. For
0: most people. You know, there's some people out there that, you know, they find Christianity and they like, man, they just... Attached to it mm-hmm. and they become beautiful people. But it's like, it's almost like they get, they actually get what Jesus was saying and they actually believe in it because they don't judge other people. Whereas most Christians I know do judge people. Mm-hmm. They're like probably some of the worst in the world, <laughs> right? And they yeah. get stuck with, oh, I have to do this and I need to do that and da, 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 da. And, and, you know, they, they turn their back on people and I'm like, that's not what Jesus was teaching you.
1: Mm-hmm. but
0: there's some of them out there that are just like, yes. And they just, it doesn't matter what you bring to them. They love you and they listen to you and they understand you. And like, that's Christ consciousness right there. Mm-hmm. And that's what they talk about. And that's what you're trying to get to. So however you get to it, you know,
1: mm-hmm. you do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know?
0: Yeah. But for me, I needed to, I needed to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I needed to kind of almost create my own, thing and and take from them all you know and that's if you do like I said listen to like Alan Watson and people like that um that's kind of what they do too right mm-hmm. um you know like Eckhart Tolle you know they they talk about all the teachings and they've created their own spiritual teaching mm-hmm. and that's what worked for them and then it helps other people right so yeah yeah that's sure. what we're all doing we're all just walking each other home right yeah
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome well that's uh i don't know i don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where to go with it now, I think, man, we've covered so much stuff yeah. um i've yeah i really enjoyed listening to you know your perspective on all this stuff and and how your journey has shifted and and your thoughts and and things on on your beliefs it's it's inspiring and it's cool to see you, um to see all this all of that um is there anything that you feel like? Is there anything that you still feel like you want to share that you haven't covered that's important to you?
0: All I have to say is love's is the most important thing, man. You know? You gotta love yourself. That's mm. that's what it's all about. Find yourself, love yourself. Cause when you get there, man, everything's possible. Like you'll be able to love everybody truly. And and love is not just love, love is forgiveness, love is acceptance, love is surrender, it's all those beautiful things that you have to come to and they're all based in love, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's all about love, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a perfect way to end it and something that everyone can, you know, I think there's a lot of actionable stuff in here for people to, to take and to learn from and it's, yeah, I'm... I'm excited to to share this, and I can also, do you want to link your business and stuff? No, the website's in the not quite done okay. yet. But, but even um, the Instagram profile yeah, or something? go for it. Yeah, it's
0: okay. just at SiloCare. Okay. I can send it to you. Yeah, that um, would be awesome. Yeah, and yeah, people can reach out to me if they like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always willing to help anybody who's looking for guidance. Yeah, that would be um, awesome. And or, you know, send them in the right direction, right? Like, mm mm-hmm not everyone's going to resonate with me. No, (laughs) but you know, that doesn't mean you should stop, right? Like we, there's, there's lots of people out there that, you know, especially there's like the masculine feminine Mm -hmm. thing too. Right. So if there's any ladies out there listening and they need some guidance, I know some beautiful, beautiful, uh, medicine women out there that are just more than willing to have help. Right. So,
1: yeah, that's awesome. Sweet. Well, yeah, we'll link everything up. So everyone knows where to go uh, for more information and to get in touch with you and, Yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming out and doing this. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay.
0: Cheers.